0: Shot it was all with y'all. Oh hi. Coming to say you're lucky fine. We got to cut it off. Nobody kidding, fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up with y'all. But oh, shot I'm trying to make you mine Don't make it too easy. I wanna try. She looking too good, can let it go by. Oh yeah. think I
1: won the lot, oh, Alrighty, folks. We're back. Another episode of Love Cast. I'm here with Jordan. Um, we're gonna be doing a little thing that we call NBA playoffs, risers and fallers. And basically what this is is we're just talking about player stocks and um whether they are rising or falling coming out of the nba playoffs based on their performance so for example if a guy uh played like shit in the playoffs uh his stock is falling so pretty straightforward i think this is gonna be a fun segment um jordan do you want to start us off
2: i will start us off so my first riser and we did this segment a long time ago um it's like our third episode maybe yeah it, it was the beginning of the playoffs i, I think um and we Didn't bring up this guy, I hope, Um, but I'm gonna talk about Brandon Ingram, who had a very good series. I know they lost um, in six games to the Suns, but so during the regular season, he was 23, six and five. And then in his playoff series, he was 27, six and six. Um, And he also had improved shooting percentage. I just think he showed that he can be the number one scoring option on a team. Uh, And I, I wasn't sure about that prior to this year. And you know, I always knew he had the talent and obviously he's got crazy length, um, great shot making ability, but he kind of put it all together in this playoff series. And unfortunately his team lost just because they were up against a superior team, but um, definitely thought what he did was impressive. And I'm looking forward to see
1: him go on and have a good career. Yeah, so I love this pick. I didn't have him, but I definitely should have. You mentioned they're playing Phoenix who, before this everyone thought phoenix was like a title favorite or a favorite to go to the title and yeah they were playing the pelicans who without zion aren't a very um impressive team so the fact that brandon ingram was able to really really what what did that go that series went to like i I think think it went six yeah it went to six games like they definitely put it on them and yeah like i don't know i really like andrew uh Brandon Ingram I think he could be a number one on a any team like a on a championship team and I I really like this pick. he's he's an awesome player, hopefully he gets uh, utilized in a, in a way where. We can they can get the best out of him I don't know I don't think point Zion is the best way to get Brandon Ingram everything like to get the best out of Brandon Ingram and they weren't doing that in the playoffs so and you saw him perform really well. The problem was when when they had Zion they were doing the point Zion and Ingram was just kind of sitting in the, in the corner and shooting so. If, if they can get uh, Zion back, but fix his role a little bit in the offense, uh, I, I can see this team being very good. Um, I actually had two of his teammates as risers. So I'm just gonna mention them both real quick. Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones. Um, both of those guys like Herb Jones is gonna be very, very good. He was a rookie and in the postseason, he averaged 10.7 points per game um, with 1.8 steals, which is crazy for a big guy. Uh, 1.8 assists again that's pretty crazy for a big guy and 3.3 rebounds which isn't as impressive but he is an insane defender he's a great defender um I, I just I'm a big fan of Herb Jones and he I think he's gonna be around for a while and that's really useful experience even if it was just you know playoffs play in like first round but or it was the first round and he had some playing experience like he's still that's 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 uh experience is extremely important for him and on the other, on the flip side, Jose Alvarado, he just showed that like he was giving Chris Paul a tremendous amount of trouble and Chris Paul is a legend. So the fact that Jose Alvarado can, could really bother him and really, really not took him out of the series, but was close to doing so. That's, that's a big, those two guys are big risers. In my opinion, those guys really showed what they could do. And I really like what the Pelicans have going on, especially with um, their addition of Benedict Matherin in the draft. I think, I think they got a really good team and, I'm excited to see what they do. But yeah, those guys are two followers or risers for sure for me. Yeah,
2: I, I absolutely love Herb Jones. He's an absolute freak on defense. Yeah. Crazy long, crazy athletic. He's going to be around for, like you said, like 10 plus years, easily just being a three and D role player. Yeah. Um, but like the best version of that, like he, exactly. he's the perfect three and D player. Um, And then Alvarado's just a psycho in in the best yeah. way like uh, so is, annoying. Yeah, so annoying yeah. but probably, like so fun to have on your team. Mm-hmm. Um so speaking of of that series, my faller uh c- comes from that series and it's Chris Paul. So after they got by the Pelicans in 6 games, it was kind of like, okay, they should have got by them in 5, probably 4. Mm-hmm. Um but then they go on to play the Mavs and everyone was still expecting them to win and they were up Two one and then it was two two. And then over the last four games of that series, Chris Paul averaged nine points and six assists, which is just an absolute meltdown to me. Like Mm. he was supposed to be, first of all, their one of their closers, whether it was him or D book. You know, we've seen Chris Paul close games. And then he he also was the facilitator and clear like leader of that team. Everything kind of revolved around him and all the decisions he made and to just not show up like that in the biggest moment, it's, it's really sad to see. And like, I can't say it's surprising cause he's done it his whole career. He's, he just hasn't been able to go deep into the playoffs, which is just really odd to me. So
1: I have him as a faller. Yeah. That's great pick. Another great pick. Um, I would, I don't even think it was, I think it was surprising because of how bad it was like usually yeah. he falls off, but not like that. And um, like we talked about before, Bucks Suns was the was the finals matchup that everyone expected. Um, the Suns came in as the Western Conference, uh, like the pick for the finals from the Western Conference. That, that they were the top pick, and I don't know. The Suns completely collapsed, and they collapsed to a Dallas team that was very flawed. Like that was a Luca centric Dallas team that wasn't built that well. So the fact that they were able to beat the Suns, who were much better, they were built much better, and and it was just because Chris Paul fell apart. It really was. And yeah, he has to be a follower for this. And it's not like he's getting any younger. He's getting much older again, his game can age well, but I don't know. I I agree with you. This was, that was not a good look for him. Hopefully he can turn it around. But like you said, he just, he kind of has a history of that, but this was a, this was definitely an outlier in terms of how bad he actually was. So maybe he can turn it around a little bit and finally get that ring, but I'm not too heavy on it, especially with, um, what's going on in phoenix like we can get into the deandre Ayton thing later but they, there's a little bit of question marks surrounding uh phoenix and if they get KD, which i don't think they will i mean that obviously boosts them to being a favorite but yeah they need chris paul on this team to perform well to be any good and i don't know i don't know if he can do that anymore that's a good pick um i'm gonna go to a follower now my next follower was trey young they got swept by miami and trey young looked horrible they ran the same play every single time um he just ball dominant um he he's a good passer in the beginning when it doesn't really matter but when it comes down to it he thinks he needs it needs to be Trey all the time and miami just were like go ahead you're not getting past us and they just locked him up he didn't look good he wasn't facilitating well he just took everything and atlanta's going to change around obviously they got some new faces in there they're going to make some changes but they need trey young to, to change the way he plays a little bit or at least tweak it he can still be the trey young that he was but he needs to incorporate passing and facilitation better, and I think that can happen with Jonathan Murray, but if if we continue to see a dominant Trey Young, like a ball dominant Trey Young, one, that's not just not fun to play with, and there's not a lot of guys that are going to want to come to Atlanta and play with Trey Young if he um, just holds onto the ball the entire time, and two, he's going to either get injured or just take bad shots, and they're not going to get a lot of offense going, and they're not good defensively, so what is this team? We saw them fall apart in the playoffs before with this style that Trey Young's playing. So he needs, he's a follower for me. He's going to need to make some changes. And I think he will. He's a very, very hard worker. And hopefully we come, we see him come back and add some uh, passing evolution to his game.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I see where you're coming from, but I would say like, I think part of the issue with Trey and the Hawks is that's just their offense. Like they're like, that's partly coaching too. If, If you're just letting your star player control it every time down the floor. Um, that's that's just their style of play. And it's not the right style of play. It's not gonna work against good teams like the Heat who can defend. Um, but I will say like, Trey doesn't have a lot of help in Atlanta. Like he has decent players, but there's, there's not like a consistent second guy that you can go to. Um, and now with DeJounte, I think we're gonna see that a lot more that um, Trey's gonna start playing off the ball, hopefully and get better in that regard and be a little bit more unselfish. But um, yeah, definitely a tough series for him against the Heat. Um, And then one of my other risers. So Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins was just like kind of forgotten about. No one really knew you know, how good of a player he was. If he was going to end up being like a draft bust after being the number one pick. Um, And it looked like it was heading that way. And then he just all of a sudden turns it on in the playoffs, you know, when it matters most. In the finals, especially scoring, making shots, uh, playing amazing defense, grabbing boards. Like I I saw he averaged like four rebounds a season one year in Minnesota. And yeah. now, like it like when he's engaged and on a team that he cares about, uh, you just see how much how much better of a player he can be. So very impressed with what we saw from Wiggins. And they're gonna be scary going forward because
1: of how good he is. I had him too. This was an unprecedented jump for him um I did not see this coming but and I it, he has all the physical tools where he can't be bad he's so athletic he's so long and tall that he's just like there's no way he's going to fail because the guy beats him on defense he can just run around run behind him and block him because he's so athletic and he has massive hands Andrew Wiggins you know his consistency is what surprised me because his entire career's been an extremely inconsistent player except for these playoffs he just He was – I would argue he was one of their – other than Steph, he was their most consistent player against the Celtics. Like, we knew that Andrew Wiggins was going to show up every night for some reason, and, yeah, this might be the confidence boost that he needed to really unlock his full potential. Um, He's an NBA champion. No one can say shit to him anymore, and you could have argued that he had – I mean, obviously, Steph was MVP, but I think he was right number two. If Steph didn't get that, I could have gone to Wiggins because he really – really uh changed the series around and he was guarding our best players the entire time which is which I would argue he guarded Tatum and Brown so well that that's a big reason as to why they suck because Wiggins was known for his defense that's one thing that never fell off no matter what he was always a great defender it was his shooting that was the question and he put it together and yeah this was a great pick I had him too like I mentioned he's just a great fall uh riser um the next fall uh riser I had was this one's a pretty pretty uh easy we already mentioned him with Steph Curry. I think I think people thought like oh he's older now and he's maybe not going to age super well into his role. Um but he he's an MVP, he won that series for them. He looked awesome and like when do you think Steph's going to like peak because I think he's still peaking. Like he looks amazing at his age and he's only shooting better and shooting's not one of those things that goes away with age. Like there's old guys that pull up to the y and hit buckets in our mouth every single time. And it doesn't matter how old you are like shooting is shooting. And that's one thing that can age really well, but it's also his movement. He just moves around the floor the entire time. I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. He looked awesome. And I think he made people put some respect on his name because there are certainly a lot of Steph Curry doubters going into this saying that, oh, he's been carried by clay and Draymond and KD, but he showed that, you know, clay wasn't clay Draymond sucked and he showed that he could fucking Grab his team by by the balls and bring them to a win. So I'm set. he's a big riser in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I agree. And and it wasn't known before this year really if he could do that and and carry a team the way he did um, on his own. Um, and like the thing you said about his age, he doesn't look like he's lost any athleticism. No, he looks awesome. Like th- this is still uh, this is the best step's I've ever been. And yes. the I don't know how long it's gonna last because. He like you can't stay that fast forever, but he like as of now, I don't see him slowing down in the next year, maybe two years. So um we'll see. But yeah, Steph's ridiculous. I I think he's the second best player in the league right now after what he just showed in the playoffs. Um next, I have a follower. Um kind of an interesting one. I have Bam bio as a follower. So mostly because of what we saw in the Celtic series, he was 19 and 10 during the regular season. And then he dropped to 15 and eight in the playoffs. Um, But like numbers aside, we saw in the Eastern Conference finals, he just couldn't be the consistent second option that the Heat needed. And like Jimmy was like putting everything he had on the court and, and, you know, giving us buckets every time he could. Um, but you need a second guy when you're that deep in the playoffs and Bam just couldn't be that. And I thought, honestly, I thought he could be, so that's why I am as a follower. I know some people did, didn't ever see Bam that way, but I just think, you know, he has to do more than 15 and
1: eight. Yeah. Bam, Bam really fell off. I mean, he, he looks like he's still, I mean, it's funny. You say he really fell off. And he had 15 and eight, but he did fall off. He could do much better. Um, he, he was coming back from an injury, right? I, I, don't know if I'm um, with my is failing me but um yeah I don't know I, I agree with you he really he really could have been better and I think if he is better he the Heat might win that series unfortunately although oh, yeah. it's a better team like Bam Adebayo is a big reason why they lost that series because they but he just didn't have enough offense they were killing us on defense they just could not score uh sort of like the Celtics so you bring Bam in there he gets maybe instead of 15 a game 22 a game or more like what he's capable of maybe add on two three more rebounds you got a whole different story going on and hopefully it comes back better but I agree he was certainly a faller for me um I think now there's going to be questions about whether or not he can be like he's never going to be a number one on a championship team but maybe maybe there's questions about whether or not he can be a two because yeah I used to think like he could be a second best player on a championship team but now like if he's not showing up he's not consistent I mean he's going to either be a three or or beyond that i don't know yeah
2: that's exactly how i felt i thought he could be number two and i thought he would prove it and he just did the
1: opposite yes um another faller i well i'm just going to do these two together tatum and brown we don't have to go too far into this because we've done it before but um unfortunately this is not for me personally because i think this actually was as maybe i'm just crazy and I'm, i am i think i'm just saying this to make myself feel better but i think this was actually a good thing because this is experience. Like, obviously, we want to win the fucking championship. So it sucked that we lost, but none of those, if you look at it, players that are Tatum's age, that and what they had done, like LeBron hadn't won a championship yet. Steph is by and at 24, it's 2013 for Steph. And they're arguing whether or not they trade Monte Ellis or Steph at this point. So he hasn't done anything yet. Like, Tatum at this point has already been at the finals, he's been in playoffs like every year of his career, basically um this is valuable experience we saw them look shell-shocked in the finals whereas the Warriors did not and they looked like the more experienced team and that's how they really got the W on top of a lot of other things but I mean Brown and Tatum just kind of fell apart and you can argue that it's because the last three years players that like players on the Celtics have uniquely played especially Tatum and Brown have uniquely played more minutes than like anyone else combined with Team USA playoffs going to the finals um the bubble there was a lack of rest in between the 2020 season, and the 2021 season there's they've been playing more basketball than they ever have before this is an unprecedented time for the amount of minutes played for players so. it's not it was shocking how bad he was both of them were but I and they're going to be followers coming into the season for the vast majority of people, but I, I still have hope for them. Um, but yeah I think the, the public, that is not Celtics fans they're going to look at this and say oh tatum's not that guy brown's not that guy. But I think, I think they're going to come and show you they're that guy, but they are fallers because they did not have a good playoff series.
2: Yeah, I agree. I was disappointed in Jalen, but I, I at least thought he was aggressive and, you know, he just, you know, couldn't get things going, and that happens sometimes, especially, like you said, the young players that haven't been in the finals before. Yeah. Tatum, though, was just, a you know, one of the biggest disappointments I've ever had watching a player um, just because of the magnitude of his struggles and the way that he struggled. He just looked – disengaged, uninterested, like, and genuinely scared. Yes. Uh, And that's why I would say he's a faller because, like you said, players do struggle in the finals, especially young guys, and I go back to that point all the time with Tatum. I think he'll bounce back, but I hate seeing a player on my team look afraid to shoot or get the ball or be aggressive um, when they're the best player. Like, that's just hard to watch. Um, My last faller is Kevin Durant. And I know a lot of people are going to say he had no help or, you know, he's getting double teamed. He's up against a great defense, but I really don't care. Like you can't get swept when it's you, Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, like you have a a good enough team to win one game in the playoffs. And like, it's not only that, but he actually played bad. Like he missed shots. He turned the ball over. He was completely rattled. I've never seen him look so bothered and, like genuinely guardable Um, the Celtics made him look very human and we've never seen that from KD before and now he's requesting a trade which is just soft in my opinion but I mean he's he's a follower to me like I know how talented he is and how good of a scorer he is and you can say it's just one bad series but I think he's proven that he can't lead a team on his
1: own and he needs someone else to be the alpha. That's interesting. He's never won on his own. You're, you're right about that. And I never thought about it because like on paper, KD can be your best player on a championship team, which you may argue, I, I actually argue he was for the Warriors, but when you're two and three is Curry clay and then your are four is Draymond. I mean, how impressive. How is... Lose, Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he can be the best player on a, on a championship team when you have, three four other all-stars on the team well
2: but here's the thing he can be the best player but he can't be the alpha he can't be the leader the guy guys rally around like well that that's was, what the
1: one is the one is like isn't maybe but, not the best player but it's like that
2: alpha whatever right I, and i think that was still steph in golden state kd was the
1: best player but mm-hmm. steph was the guy that everything ran through that's fair that's very fair and yeah this is a good pick i mean KD. I, I liked where you said like this is the first time he's looked guardable like I completely agree. KD is one of those guys that my, growing up every game I've ever watched of him. It's every shot he takes, I think is going in. And I still thought that when he was playing against the Celtics, but they didn't go in. So that, that, that was a big thing. He, he looked human in this series and he's not getting any younger. I'm still not going to doubt or bet against KD because he's KD, but still um, you're that. This is a good pick. He, he is a follower. Um, my next follower is his teammate Kyrie. Kyrie played very few games this season and like he had that game in Orlando where he looked awesome and Bill Simmons mentioned this he goes it's very easy to look fucking awesome when you when you have five games of rest or five days of rest and then you play one game a week you know like I think if Tatum did that he would look amazing and I think people think see that and they're like oh Kyrie's awesome but he looked guardable in the playoffs too he had that one good game in the beginning and other than that where was he he had he he was honestly do you think he was a liability at some points on the floor? Cause I think so. I think he lost them the game on the first series by overcommitting, committing. And that's the whole reason they won the Celtics won, And I don't know. I, I think Kyrie really hurt them. And what do you think happens? I could see Kyrie not playing in the league anymore because I, I don't know what's up with him. I just, I, I could see him just retiring or doing some weird shit. He's a weird, Yeah, fan.
2: I can't see him retiring. I think they're going to work this out with the Lakers um, because that's just how the NBA works nowadays. And I think he'll be good on the Lakers too, but I mean, that doesn't change the fact that he's a faller. He just, like you said, he had one good game. He had a great game. Um, So we can't take that away from him, but you can't have one good game when you're Kyrie Irving. Like yeah. Yeah. And and you get swept. And I I mean, he, I don't know what his averages were, but it felt like he scored like 12 to 15 points the, the last three games. So that's just like, you just can't do that.
1: That's a disappearing act. Um, you're he's obviously much better than that. So, yeah, I, I, um, I, I agree. He's definitely a follower for me. Do you have any more? Because I have one honorable mention, but do you have any more? I
2: have one riser, and it's a little unorthodox. I'm gonna go with Ime Udoka. Um, I do. Like so it. we we did just talk about Tatum and Jalen as followers, but I think their coach is absolutely a riser. This was his first year as an NBA head coach. He takes a team to the finals. Has undoubtedly the best defense in the league one of the best defenses that that i've watched closely um and in my opinion his stars just let him down it wasn't um a whole lot of coaching like offensively yes you can tweak the offense especially down the stretch i will say like eme and brad both did the same things and just put the trust in tatum and brown and it doesn't look like that's going to work going forward but still like your, your star players, if, if they're not going to play well, you're not going to win. I think Ime coached his absolute ass off proved how good of a coach he is. And I think, I mean, he's one of the best coaches in the league. And when I say that, I don't know, I don't have the list of coaches in front of me, but I would say he's probably in the like five to seven range of
1: coaches in the NBA. This is a great pick. I love this pick. And think of, think of the coaches that he beat to get here. Okay. Eric Spolstra unanimously. Argued he might be the best coach in the league right now, other than Steve Kerr. I think
2: yeah, it's it's one and two. Him and
1: him it's, a, it's more like one A, one B. It's like LeBron yeah. and Jordan. Those guys are awesome. Eric Spolstra is is gonna be one of the best is one of the best coaches of all time. It, there's we can get into that later, but he beats Eric Spolstra. Budenholzer is no slouch. budenholzer has won a championship, you know. He has coach the year. Yeah, he's he's there's times like last he almost lost the Bucks it last year. Um by just not changing some stuff in time, but he's still an amazing coach. He beats Boone and then he goes and he goes head to head with, with uh, Steve Kerr, who, like we just mentioned one, a one B in terms of best coaching, like, and he coached his ass off. It's not like E-May yeah. Folder. he made mistakes. Like there was that one um, third quarter, the Celtics got hot. And then for some reason they took everyone who was hot out and put in like Derek White and Pritchard and it's completely stalled. But you know that's he's a rookie coach. Like they are they make mistakes, and this guy took our team all the way to the finals, and he turned our team around. Like our team, yes. the first half of the season was dog shit, and I they were hard to watch. I, I I watched every game still, but it was it wasn't easy. Like it it sucked. There was a lot of nights where I was just like, um, how much is an Orlando Magic jersey? You know, but like <laughs> it gets tough. And may turned this team around. They didn't believe in him at first, but they he turned he got them to believe, which is something Brad Stevens could never do. He's got that alpha mentality that I love. The Celtics need to lock him up on like a 20 year contract because he, as long as he yeah. there, people are gonna wanna play for him. And that was a really, really great pick. I have one more, it's an honorable mention and it's Draymond. Um, he sucked, and uh, uh, for, except for the last two games. He sucked. <laughs> he sucked the entire, all the way leading up until those last two games. And he's a champion. He can't like, he's a what? Five, four or five time champion at this point. Um, can't argue that like, some people are going to see him as a riser going into the series. What did, what is he going to do next season? I don't see him coming in and being like, Oh, now suddenly Draymond's a great shooter, efficient rebounder, blah, 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 blah. All he did was just play a little bit better than he did before. But like, it was, it wasn't like he was out of this world. I think he's still a faller. He, he can't shoot anymore. He's scared to shoot. He doesn't take those shots. And like, what is he? Um, he's not getting any younger. He's getting older. He's probably going to have one more injury the next season. Um, I don't know, I don't see him being a a mega riser coming out, but he is an honorable mention because he did win a freaking championship and he did have two good games the last two games, which really solidified them winning that championship. But I think you look at the playoff picture as a whole and what he did as a whole in the playoffs, uh, he's definitely not a riser for me.
2: Yeah, I think the only reason I might not have him as a follower is because I think myself, as well as a lot of other people, already knew like what Draymond was. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting anything from Draymond. And I think it's weird to have a player that for him to have a good game, other people have to make shots like that. He has to be uplifted by Steph and clay and pool and Wiggins all being effective. If they're not playing well, Draymond's useless. So, I mean, he can have good games. Like we saw the last two games, but it's, it's so inconsistent now he can't shoot. Like you can't play him with a, another center it just screws up their offense and the spacing so I think Draymond's definitely a faller um you know over the last few years um but this year like I already I already knew he was not very good um he's he's really just a solid defender and then I mean I will say he's a very good defender he's he's one of the best defenders in the league um but offensively like I'm not I'm not impressed with Draymond at all
1: no and I think it's like how how good is a guy that if you tweak some rules, he's no longer good. <laughs> like if you, yeah. you are calling fouls, like suddenly Draymond is ineffective because he only yeah. fouls if you give him 10 fouls, maybe he's more effective. But you know, they start blowing the whistle a little bit more. Draymond is taken out of that series because he wasn't playing basketball at some points. I know people are gonna say, Oh, you're fucking home or you're bitching and moaning. No, watch the tapes. Like I know everyone does this, but Draymond was getting away with stuff that only Draymond gets away with. He's he's officiated. The most unique out of any player in the nba i would argue he gets these lebron calls when he is not a lebron player and he get it saves it saves a lot of things it hits a lot of mom, it gives them a lot of momentum and it really hurts the momentum of other teams and i think if it's really funny because if you make some rule changes like draymond's not nearly as impactful and i know your people are gonna be like you don't know anything about basketball Fucking, i i guarantee damn they start calling more fouls on draymond he's not nearly as impactful jordan i just
2: I think it's really, really upsetting for us to have to hear a guy who drops, like, two, five, and three oh, no. and five fouls, like, talk oh, shit
1: about how, how good he is. And, and Jalen Brown, like, he's shit-talking Jalen Brown as if...
2: I know. Him. He's, like, saying he, like, took Jalen's soul. Like, dude, Jalen Jalen is, man. like, twice the player Draymond is at this point, and, on and there's on nothing... The- Yeah. And there's nothing that we can say about it because they won and Draymond got carried by an amazing team. But just Um, wait,
1: we'll have, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, really nervous about Jalen and Tatum walking. Um, they're Boston's not their home. Like neither guys are from here, which is one scary thing. And then two, like Celtics fans booed when Jalen Brown got drafted on draft night. I think that sticks with players. And I think that rubbed him the wrong way. Getting drafted into a situation where fucking the drunk boss idiots that showed up booed, and then you can just tell like he gets pissed when he's in trade rumors. He t- he like tweets saying like Celtics fans don't appreciate me. I'm in the trade rumors all the time. Blah 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 blah. Like don't get it twisted, Jalen. We and Jason, we love you, but I'm I'm afraid of seeing them walk. Uh, that's just a little tangent, but I'm I'm I, that's just some fear I have in the background. But yeah, fuck fuck Draymond. I hate I hate <laughs> him. like not a basketball hate him. Obviously, I'm sure he's a fucking hell of a guy, but he just my two least favorite basketball players are Kyrie and Draymond and Draymond's number one over Kyrie, because I just think Kyrie's his own thing. And at this point, he's so himself that I don't really care. Like, at least like, at least he's sticking to a pattern of being a fucking weirdo. Like, (laughs) you got to give him that like, he's unapologetically himself. And at least like, if you call him out on Twitter, I don't think he would actually really give a shit. But I feel like I, he might chirp back i don't know but i i just dislike draymond more because he talks a lot of shit and does not back it up but then rides exactly. the coattails of his other teammates and then he also he said some shit about steph too um like minimizing a little bit steph's like how good steph is and that's complete bullshit because draymond would not be if think of if draymond gets drafted to minnesota he's nothing he's not anything so he needs to tailor that back a little bit because steph he should be getting Steph should be getting half of Draymond's money because Draymond (laughs) 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 I agree Draymond Draymond wouldn't have even been an all-star like on any other team maybe a big all-star but like he, I mean obviously we're 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 just salty and we're minimizing his impact as well but he doesn't he has this fun little habit of not um, looking at what like or just not appreciating the people around him and just seeing himself and he gets all these things handed to him and then he acts like he I mean he did work really hard for it but like it steps a big reason for that he's just got to realize that um that's enough Draymond talk I'm gonna go wash my hands because I fucking hate talking about him um uh we'll we're gonna take a quick break and we'll come back hey you are you in the southern New Hampshire area and are looking for vintage clothing everyday essentials shoes and skateboards for all sizes and people well have I got the place for you the garage located at nine Brad Court, Manchester New Hampshire has all of this and much more Come to the Garage event pop-up on July 16th from 11 to 6 and July 17th starting at 11 to browse a diverse assortment of vintage tees, graphic tees, shoes, and much, much more. Also, the Garage will be holding a $10 entry raffle with the grand prize being a new skate deck complete with new trucks and wheels. So come on down to the Garage looking at 9 Bradcourt, Manchester, New Hampshire. That is the Garage at 9 Brad Court, Manchester, New Hampshire. You can also follow the Garage on Instagram at the Garage spelled T-H-E-E-E. G A R A G E no caps, no spaces. And a link to the Instagram profile will also be in the description.
0: Alrighty,
1: we're back. Um, we're gonna do now just a couple of NBA rookies to watch out for. Um, this is, this is just gonna be some overreactions to summer league, which uh, disclaimer, it's just fucking summer league. I think the Ryan Rossillo has mentioned this many times. Like, I think it's like 75% of the players in summer league are never gonna be on an NBA roster, so like, or not gonna play in an NBA game, something like that. So, most of these guys are scrubs that they're playing against. That's why if you're top pick, of course, you're gonna look awesome, but there's a lot of guys that uh, we're going to talk about that, you know, you you just should know, or you might want to watch going into uh, this upcoming NBA season. Um, These guys are rookies, and we're not going to mention the top three, which again, just to refresh your memory was Paolo, Chet, and uh, um, Jabari Smith, just because everyone's going to watch them inherently, just because they're the top three picks in the draft, everyone knows to watch them. Uh, These are just going to be from four down to the rest of the draft. These are guys that have really uh, just stuck out and that we think regardless of summer league we think are going to be you know good in the nba so jordan who's your first guy you want to talk about
2: yeah so my first guy is the fourth overall pick keegan murray um we kind of gave this guy a little flack pre-draft because we just thought ivy was such a better player Mm -hmm. um and that the kings should like trade out of that pick if they uh weren't going to take ivy and they end up going with keegan so and up to this point like it looks like they're proving us wrong he's been playing great he had um 23 points when they beat the Pacers um, they played who they play the the magic and Keegan yeah. hit a, a buzzer beater um, like game tying three to go to OT yeah um, I don't know if that was against the magic or I not. think it
1: was because I think they lost in double OT and Palo hit one to win it
2: yeah that's right um, but Keegan's looked really good um, just like pure shot pure score so I'm
1: excited to see him this year me too he's we it's going to be really weird now because now they have Kevin Herter and DeMontis Sabonis. And then now you're going to bring in Keegan Murray. I hope he doesn't get buried. Um, you also still have Harrison Barnes. You just got a lot of forwards. Um, the Kings do. So but we thought we thought Ivy, like, I still stick with the, th- the fact that I think Ivy's going to be a better player and that. I think Ivy, um, you know, is a better fit for the Kings if they trade De'Aaron Fox. But keegan's a, a baller i, th- I think he's going to be underrated because a lot of people want an Ivy at that spot and uh hopefully he doesn't get buried if he's good enough i feel i feel like now the kings know like all right we can get rid of you know barnes maybe we can get rid of some other players um and build build around what what they have with fox sabonis murray and herder so hopefully they can figure something out he doesn't get too buried i think keegan's someone to watch for sure if he can get minutes and the Kings are just a shitty franchise. I think if any team, like anyone that gets drafted to that team, uh, good luck if your career pans out because like that front office is a mess. But he has Mike Brown, a great coach. They just hired him. They just brought in who do they bring in for their assistant. They brought in someone good. Was it was it Will? No, it wasn't Will Hardy because he went to Utah. But anyways, it, they brought in a great assistant coach to coach. Oh, was it um the Warrior? I don't know. Never mind. Doesn't matter. But anyways, they brought in a great coach to um help out with the young guys and. Yeah, I could see Keegan being, being something good. Hopefully, um, good pick. My next player is uh, it's it's going to be a little bit of like a combo pick. It's the Jaden Ivy Jalen Duran pick. First play of the Detroit Pistons Summer League. Jaden Ivy oops the ball to Jalen Duran. Get used to that Pistons fans. This team, the Pistons, cleaned up in this draft. Other than OKC, they might have won this draft. And Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivy just pit, fit perfectly, like perfectly with what the pistons are trying to do i love those picks and fit is really the biggest thing like we see a lot of times great players like andrew wiggins for example great player not drafted into the ideal spot but you see he gets over to the warriors suddenly he's the he's the best like obviously that's a little bit of a over like that's that's not a great example but there are just examples of players that get drafted and get drafted the wrong situation and don't don't perform well this is not that case. Jaden Ivey and Jalen Dern got drafted the exact right right um, uh, team they needed to get drafted to, and they're going to be very good players. I'm really excited to see what they have going on. You got Cade Cunningham, who's awesome, number one overall pick last year. Great facilitator. Um, Jaden Ivey's not as good of a facilitator, but you don't need him to be. He can just be that scorer. You, you can have Cade Cunningham, you know, be your hybrid point guard. And then have Jaden Ivey. In reality, he'll be the point guard, but he's just going to be like a shooting guard kind of thing. It's going to be interesting to see how it works. And there's going to be a lot of uh, lobs between Isaiah Stewart and um, Jalen Duran. I really like what they did here. I like those two guys a lot. You should watch them.
2: Yeah. Pistons are definitely going to be fun to watch because you have Cade, who's like a smooth, like level headed, yeah, um, you know, high IQ, really good, good player. And then you have Ivy and Duran, who are just straight freak athletes. um, Yeah for their position. So that's going to be super fun to watch that combo um and and yeah all the the dunking that they're going to have. Um my next guy is Caleb Houston. So awesome. I actually had this guy when we did our drafts. I drafted Caleb Houston oh, you did? um 30th, yeah. Um to OKC, but I I I think they may have ended up trading that pick. Um and Caleb Houston ended up going 32nd in the draft and he's looked absolutely great. Um he had kind of an off game, uh, his first game, but then he came out and hit like five out of nine threes. He's on the Magic, um, dropped 20 points. He's just like, he's a tall, sniper. long, absolute pure shooter. Um, and kind of like what we said about Herb Jones earlier in the podcast, like he's a guy that if he can actually shoot at that high of level, he'll just be around in the league for yeah. a long time um, and have a long career as a starter. So, Yeah, I'm looking forward to see how his season goes. Hopefully um, he can keep up on defense. Uh, He's not like the most athletic laterally um, or quick guy. And he's also not the most like physically um, like strong um, or, or, you know, big body guy. But he's a very good shooter and and he's got a lot of length. So I, I like what he brings to the table.
1: I love Caleb Houston. He was my other pick, Um, just a great player, great shooter, shoots any anywhere on the floor. Uh, Like you said, shooters have a long life in the NBA, no matter what. And, you know, he's got the frame to add more weight and become a better defender, which will come with time. He like is just he came out of, I believe, either Michigan or Michigan State, I believe. And, uh, you know, maybe he's obviously going to probably do some time in the G League, but he's also getting drafted to an Orlando Magic team that is going to be really fun, but not very good. So he's going to get a lot of playing time, hopefully, for there. And uh, yeah, no, I, I completely like this or love this pick. Um, I, I'm a big Caleb Houston fan. Uh, I'm not sure he's not going to be an all star, but he's going to be a very solid role player that you hear about for a long time. So you should watch him. Check him out. He's a fun shooter, fun guy to watch. Uh, Paolo seems to have a really good connection with him. And um, yeah, he just seems to be on the right. He builds the Magic Summer League team out of a lot of possessions where they just kind of end up getting it to him in the corner. Or in the top of the key, and he just nukes a three. So I really like Caleb Houston. This is a really great pick. My next pick was um, Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. So not the Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. I like him too, but this one out of Santa Clara, holy shit, dude! He he has some athleticism on him. I like Jalen Williams a lot. He's getting he get drafted to the perfect situation for him in OKC, where they're going to take their time with him. They're going to let him get some minutes, get used to the speed of the game. Obviously, coming out of Santa Clara, there's lots of questions as to how good he is because of his competition and stuff like that. But that guy has some burst, some speed, and I love watching him play. I really yeah. like the way he plays, and I think he could be something special. Um, Again, like not sure he's going to be an all-star, superstar kind of guy, but um OKC keeps, keeps drafting these guys with really high upside, but with some questions about them. And I don't know. I think he got drafted the perfect situation, which I already mentioned is really key to success. And then he's just shown that, like he has the athleticism that can keep him in the NBA. So if as long as he can stay healthy, um, I really like this pick. And I really like Jalen Williams. I think he's going to be uh, a really fun player to watch. Um, there's one play that really stuck out to me is like, he's only six, six. Like, I don't, I don't know. He's not six, super six. tall, he's, he's something like that. He's not super tall. And like the way he was underneath the basket basically. And he just burst straight up and dunked it like two hands, which doesn't sound that impressive, but someone of his size like with no running start just to straight up jump up and down and dunk the ball and like this was in the middle of a play they like just got him he like i can't remember if he got a rebound or if they like kicked it to him underneath but he got the ball and just jumped straight up and dunked it like that that's a those are nba plays right there i i I, i'm really high on this kid i like him a lot
2: yeah he also from what i've seen seems to be a pretty solid cutter um i've seen a bunch of plays where he gets back door and gets found for like wide open dunks and yeah like you said he's just got like crazy bounce he's got a good body too he's he looks pretty strong um and he can just like really turn the corner and get downhill i don't know about his shooting um or you know how much he's going to need to improve that to hang around the league but he's
1: definitely got um the raw talent to be around for a while yeah for sure i i I think hopefully um i believe okc has some pretty good shooting coaches i know San Antonio and New Orleans have the two like best shooting coaches, so um, if he had gotten drafted there, that might have been a good spot for them too, but yeah, I think I'm pretty sure OKC has a very solid shooting coach, so hopefully they can work with him and get his shooting up. Okay, uh, that was a fun segment, um, we're just going to take a quick break and we'll come back with the next segment. I'm sitting here right now, and I'm sipping on a Thai Red Bull, and I know some of you are going to ask me, Max, where did you get yourself a Thai Red Bull? Well, let me tell you about this little shop called the Exotic Pop Stop. The Exotic Pop Stop is located at 100 Zachary Road Unit 1 in Manchester, New Hampshire and it's a shop that offers the best and widest variety of exotic snacks and sodas. It's wholesale available and there is a crazy variety of anything you can think of in that store, any flavor of candy or snacks or sodas and from basically every country in the world. There's so much there I went and I was shocked. I'm definitely gonna be going back this Thai Red Bull is legitimately amazing. It tastes so much better than American Red Bull, and it's got vitamins in it, and it's a lot better for you. So if you're into international foods and candies, and you wanna try some new stuff, well, head on down to the exotic pop stop. And if you're there, and you wanna check something out, but you don't know what to get, they offer a thing called a mystery box. They come in a range of prices, depending on how much you want. And basically, it's hand-selected snacks, candies, and drinks from the staff. And it also has a few extra goodies thrown in there, yeah if you don't know what you want that's a great place to start they literally have everything i I really really like this store i'm going to be going back for sure Um, i want to try everything there which is basically impossible because there's so much stuff and they always have new stuff coming in and there is wholesale available so if you're looking to buy in bulk uh, you can definitely hit this place up but yeah that is the exotic pop stop and it is 100 zachary road unit 1 in manchester new hampshire or you can follow them on instagram at The Exotic Pop Stop, no caps, no spaces, that is T-H-E-E-X-O-T-I-C-P-O-P-S-T-O-P, and the link to that will be in the description along with the hours of operation and the phone number and the address. So come on down to the Exotic Pop Stop and check out some international candies, snacks, and sodas
0: my baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. back on me crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. she that me. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad I can call her my baby. When I'm with no, nothing gonna yeah. Oh, yeah. Think This this she wanna show me some. Think This Okay,
1: we're back. We're gonna come back with um, some, some things that we call like. We've, we're 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 kind of in the middle of names on this one. We don't have enough for it to be NBA Ten Commandments, so we might just be calling it the NBA Commandments. But basically, these are just some like fundamental truths or stuff that we we noticed uh, coming out of the NBA um, going into this next NBA season and coming out of this last NBA season that we just agree upon. We, we're looking at them as commandments. So you'll you'll understand more as we go along. The first one, sorry, you need some time together before you win a championship. So we're, this commandment is like super teams that are built in one season do not win championships. And the biggest um, example of this is the Nets. Going into this, you tell, you say, you know, two two years ago, you say, hey, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, you think that's a super team, they're going to win the championship. Well, what happened? They fell apart. Their egos didn't work together. It seems that you need to be built more organically and just better to win something and there's been examples of this the Clippers you could argue Kawhi Leonard Paul George um back before that and then now it's like Kawhi Leonard Paul George Norm Powell John Wall like there's these teams that are built like specifically to win a championship that are considered super teams they don't do it in the first year so I think that's a pretty like that's a fundamental truth or a commandment that we thought of is just like you need to have an organically built team. actually win something because when you're working with superstars there's so many egos and um one guy is going to go from scoring 30 points per game to scoring maybe like 25 to or less and is he okay with that like you got to work a way around it's not as easy as you think and ego has been the fall for most of it and even going back like okay see they at one point they had what paul george carmelo anthony um was it what was westbrook on that team you know what team like they had a team there that they thought they could do something like it seems like people are trading all for these big three superstars and then trying to immediately go win a title and it's not really working. What do you think about that? I think you can like the nets and the Clippers you mentioned are great examples. You
2: can go back even further to LeBron's trip to Miami the first yeah. year. Um, like, yeah, they were great. They got to the finals, but you could see in the finals, they weren't ready to win yeah. together. They were still like, they were obviously the most talented team, but they were still discombobulated and their chemistry wasn't built yet. Um, I think it's definitely uh, NBA commandment that you need time together. No matter how talented you are, you have to, first of all, play together and also like figure out your chemistry. Um, Because we saw the Nets not even play together, which is the worst thing you can do Um, with teams like the Clippers and the heat. Like they played together, but they never quite got it. Yeah, um, got it right. The first year because that's just very hard to do so yeah i i definitely agree with that
1: yeah and the one the one example against this is the Kawhi leonard example where mercenary Kawhi went over to toronto and won a title in 2019. that though was not a super team yes and it came to a team he came to an already established team they added in that missing piece so that one i would I, say
2: i would say the one example that would go against this is actually the 08 celtics oh um, yeah which worked the first year yeah <laughs> but yeah. that's the only like it, and obviously you have KD and the Warriors, but that's like the Raptors thing. Like that's just a missing piece that puts you over the top.
1: Yeah, and um, Paul Pierce was already there, but yeah, that's that's probably the biggest uh, example against. But I think that's you can't consider that modern day anymore because that was 2008, and nowadays yeah. with the egos, the amount of money, very the, true. Like it's it, it kind of almost phased out. So yeah, so the new that that commandment is. You need to have some time together before you can actually win a championship. Uh, Super teams don't win in the first year. That's the first commandment. The second commandment we have is you cannot win a championship with an all young player team. So there's a lot more examples of this one. The Grizzlies thought they were going to the championship. You see them fall apart. Celtics, you could argue, they're in the finals. They don't have the experience, they fell apart. I think you need time together. The Celtics, you could argue, were the better team uh, than the Warriors were going into the series but the warriors just had so much more experience like the more talented team i mean and the deeper team the celtics were the warriors just had a lot more experience and i think and they had older guys and we we said this even this uh episode already like Tatum 24 what has everyone else done like no one really wins championships at 24 that's an impactful player you might have rookies on the roster that get a championship but that doesn't really you know count um i think this shows you need an older you need at least some veterans on the team to really guide you the right way you can't have like of grizzlies winning it all you can't have like the celtics were a little bit too young you need to have your big your three players in their prime they can't they can't be uh super young i think that's that's another commandment we have what do you think about that jordan
2: yeah i i definitely agree um celtics like you said had veterans but you need your stars to be yeah to have like the their big
1: three wasn't veterans
2: yeah um and then yeah grizzlies are a great example there's teams like the grizzlies every year in the nba yeah that that come out and they're super young they have so much energy, they play great together, um, but they're just not quite there yet, right? Like, they haven't quite reached um, the level that they need to to win a championship. And again, you can go back to the young OKC Thunder um, with all that talent with KD, Westbrook, and Harden. Like, they were so talented and so good individually, but they weren't um, experienced enough to get it done together. But yeah, like I think that's a great pick Um,
1: Grizzlies are a perfect example of that this year. Yes, and then our final one, our final commandment is that the NBA gods look down on tanking so. This is kind of a doozy, but I want to preface this by saying the ultimate goal of NBA is to win a championship. Obviously it's a business and in hindsight it's to make money, but if you're looking at the most basic form of what the NBA is it's a game of basketball. And the goal of this game is to win and win championships. Okay. There's a difference between um players that haven't won championships and players that have. They're just looked at differently. Like Charles Barkley is not looked at as highly as everyone else because he never won a championship. That there um there are players like Steve did Steve Nash ever win a championship? No, like there's there's players that don't win and it really haunts them. And so we we started off in this season. With one little small example. Um, the Bucks tanked the, uh, for the three seed, and this was and this gave Boston the game seven at the garden, which I argue is the whole reason they won. And then on a macro sense, we gotta look at the Sixers, okay? And the process started in what like 2012, 2013? That was almost 10 years ago. Crazy to think about. Like 2012, 2013 was about nine, eight, nine, ten years ago. Um, that that's crazy. And what have the Sixers won since then? They have they've actually had some crazy situation. They drafted Markel Fultz, who suddenly doesn't know how to shoot. And then they draft Ben Simmons, who looks awesome, suddenly doesn't want to play basketball. It almost seems like karma is against them for tanking as bad as they did and as shamelessly as they did to try and build something. And Jordan and I got into an argument, like you Jordan was arguing that they could win, that they won, like they won tanking because they got Joel Embiid. But my argument is that I think the NBA gods look down on tanking and they just it seems like they have a lot of bad stuff go their way and a lot of stuff that doesn't like they got rid of Mikhail bridges like he would be awesome on this team now they they we like we mentioned before they draft Markel folds he suddenly injured they drafted um. Who's the kid there was someone they drafted and he was pretty good and then he developed a peanut allergy and he couldn't play anymore like <laughs> like what is going like, on playing. Yeah like he has he had allergies and he like couldn't play anymore. He was one of their draft picks the last couple of years. Like the Sixers have some weird fucking karma going on and I think it's because like obviously this is a little silly but we we are we are arguing that the NBA gods are looking down on this tank and mess and uh they've been giving them some shitty luck and I think I think that there's a good, solid argument for that because we've seen Literally three instances of things that have never happened before with Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, and that guy that had with the allergies that doesn't play anymore. Like what is going on over there? It seems like they have some, some bad juju. Okay. First of all, never heard of this guy. His name is Zaire or Zaire
2: Smith. Zaire Smith Um, was good. He was, he has a peanut allergy that caused him to lose 20 pounds yeah. In one day at the Sixers facility and he was in danger of death and did not yeah. play after that. Yep. Um, that's a crazy story. I never knew that. You didn't know um, that. Yeah, that's yeah in saying? terms of the, in terms of the tanking thing, like I think first of all, the Bucks tanking for the three seed is just it, it, it's really stupid. Like yeah, um, and it ended up biting him in the butt. So definitely a good example there. And the Sixers is weird because, like, like we mentioned, like they got a top five player in the league in Embiid, and they also got um more top picks which they didn't quite pan out but like the sixers had chances to win they didn't um accomplish anything obviously and i think they still do have chances to win but as of this current moment like tanking has definitely not worked for any team there, there's been no team that's successfully gone from um you the know throwing seasons to winning a championship that is yet to happen. So Yeah.
1: So yeah, so we yeah, we're arguing uh NBA gods look down on tanking. That's our final uh commandment and so I guess we have NBA 3 commandments. So I think those are pretty good. Um I can't wait. We're going to write these down and make sure we're going to like add to them and tweak them as the years go along. So this is going to be really fun. But yeah, this was actually a, a fun segment and um yeah, we'll be coming back on Wednesday with our, another episode. Um it's a little slow in the sports world right now. Uh, we're at the dog days of sports, where after the U.S. Open, it's like really nothing. There's gonna be some UFC here and there, but there's not really too much going on. So we're gonna be having a lot more fun uh, NBA scenario stuff, um, NBA history, NBA conspiracy theories, trades, rumors, stuff like that. So it's gonna be yeah.
2: Tune in, uh, tune into the the couch episode that's gonna come out
1: too. We're gonna yes. do a fun segment on there. Yeah, we got a lot of fun segments coming out on the couch and tune into Uppercut. And uh yeah, make sure to check out the description to see listen to Tavio's music and listen to and find some information about the garage pop up shop. And yeah, we'll be back on Wednesday. We love you all very much and we'll talk to y'all later. Bye.